welcome to the eighth episode of Clinical Controversies. My name is Haven, and today we will be discussing how far is too far concerning human experimentation. From English physician Edward Jenner injecting an eight-year-old with a pus taken from a cowpox infection and then deliberately exposing them to an infected carrier of smallpox, to the Nazi experiments on concentration camp prisoners reeled in the Nuremberg trials that consisted of a quote-unquote research, like involuntary sterilization, inducing hypothermia, and exposing subjects to diseases such as tuberculosis, history is littered with instances of human experimentation scandals. However, History is also littered with good outcomes from said scandals. For example, the Jenner experiment was successful and the smallpox vaccine was developed and it aided in the eradication of smallpox. There have been many times that these good outcomes from human experimentation come from instances where there was never even a scandal. But it is not just random individuals doing these human experimentation scandals. There are also examples of government-run research that took advantage of the vulnerability of the subjects to ensure their participation, which resulted in the subjects experiencing severe harms. The whole idea is that the conduct of biomedical research involving human beings centers on many ethical concerns concerning values such as dignity, bodily integrity, autonomy, and privacy. There are many ethical and legal issues in research involving human subjects, and whether or not they are right or wrong, the real question is how far should one go to achieve results? What should be the limit? Can there even be a specific one, or are there too many variables involved? For the most part, biomedical research is conducted for the purpose of systematically collecting and analyzing data from which generalizable conclusions may be drawn that may aid in improving the care of currently unknown beneficiaries in the future. In research, human participants serve as a source of data. Now, there may be these sources in a number of ways, and these ways vary greatly in many different aspects, such as time and difficulty. The unkind way of putting it is that human beings are guinea pigs in research for the most part. They could be poked and prodded until the researchers gain what they want from them. This poking and prodding can vary in intensity from not even really being poked and prodded to being extensively poked and prodded. All for the sake of an outcome, preferably a favorable outcome, but really just any. And for many cases, a favorable outcome does occur. But are those favorable outcomes worth some of the intensive poking and prodding that some may have to endure? Regardless of this intensity of the poking and prodding, one must go hand in hand our salient ethical values, such as beneficence or doing good, non-maleficence or preventing or mitigating harm, fidelity and trust within the fiduciary investigator slash participant research, personal dignity and autonomy pertaining to both informed, voluntary, competent decision-making, and the privacy of personal information. These, as well as other ethical concerns, or at least these, as well as other ethical concerns are, or at least should be addressed by an extensive regulatory structure pertaining to human subjects research. This corresponds with the necessary condition for human experimentation to be both legal and ethical to be the patient's informed consent. According to the Declaration of Helsinki developed by the World Medical Association as a statement of ethical principles for medical research involving human subjects, each potential subject must be adequately informed of the aims, methods, sources of funding, any possible conflicts of interest, institutional affiliations of the researcher, the anticipated benefits and potential risks of the study and the discomfort it may entail, post-study provisions, and any other relevant aspects of the study. 
then does it mean that it is all right if they have proper informed consent? Is it all fair game if the participant knows exactly everything about the study, even knowing the dangers? Is it all moral, all ethical? Some people believe the answer is in the Nuremberg Code. I will now list the 10 certain basic principles that are listed in order to satisfy moral, ethical, and legal concepts. First, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This is very basic and a principle that I believe requires no explanation. The second is that the experiment should yield fruitful results for the good of society, unprocurable by other methods or means of study and not random and unnecessary in nature. So basically, human experimentation should be a last resort kind of deal and should only be used if the results of the study are predicted to be good for society. If these results can be procured without human experimentation, then it should be done that way. Next is the experiment should be so designed based on the results of animal experimentation and a knowledge of the natural, his- natural history of the disease or other problem under study that the anticipated results will justify the performance of the experiment. So researchers should just basically know precisely what they are doing. The fourth is that the experiment should be so conducted as to avoid all unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injury. Again, self-explanatory. The fifth is that no experiment should be conducted where there is a priori reason to believe death or disabling injury will occur, except perhaps in those experiments where the experimental physicians also serve as subjects. This connects with the previous principles, but has the addition of the researchers being subjects and instances of possible injury in the experiment. Next is that the degree of risk to be taken should never exceed that determined by the humanitarian importance of the problem to be solved by the experiment. So in simple terms, do not do it if it's not worth it. Next is the proper preparation should be made and adequate facilities provided to protect the experimental subject against even remote possibilities of injury, disability, or death. The principle that the experiment should be conducted only by scientifically qualified persons follows that. The highest degree of skill and care should be required through all stages of the experiment, of those who conduct or engage in the experiment. The ninth principle is that during the course of the experiment, the human subject should be at liberty to bring the experiment to an end if he has reached the physical or mental state where the continuation of the experiment to him seems to be impossible. So the subject has a right to walk out, to discontinue their participation any time they deem it to be too difficult for their physical and mental state. Lastly, during the course of the experiment, the scientist in charge must be prepared to terminate the experiment at any stage if he has probable cause to believe in the exercise of the good faith, superior skill, and careful judgment required of him that a continuation of of the experiment is likely to result in injury, disability, or death to the experimental subject. Even with these principles set in place, there are still instances where the scientific boundaries are pushed too far. Science is nothing if not controversial. Scientists constantly challenge our worldviews and ideas with their questions and research, and it is inevitable that these views and ideas will continue to center on humans and therefore human experimentation. It is truly a question of morals, and what makes it so difficult is that everybody has different views and perspectives on the world, which in turn affect their values and morals concerning themselves and others. Some might be all for going the extra mile to achieve a scientific goal, while others are hesitant to even start the race in case danger comes. And even if one thinks that a certain study is ethical, they might change their mind in the future, as our society is ever-changing and ever-evolving, and so what might be considered ethical now might be considered unethical in the future and vice versa. So the question of how far is too far is highly variable. 
It truly depends on practically everything in our world. Because everything influences our society and it is our society that creates these studies and is subject to these studies. All we know for sure and all that I am certain is everyone of sound mind can agree on is that no human should be subject to cruelness for no reason. Because it is then that it goes too far. Thank you for listening and come back next week where I'll be discussing a new topic that is once again a clinical controversy.